0: Well, it's good to see you out this morning. I'm thankful for the opportunity to share with you from God's Word. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 1 today, if you want to turn there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we pray this morning that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive, and then wills to respond to the truth of your word for we ask it in jesus name amen as you see there in colossians chapter 1 beginning in verse 1 paul and timothy are the authors written to the church at Colossae, and the salutation is grace and peace from god the father i'm going to share it with you this morning as you see on the screen, a daily prayer that you can pray not only for yourself, but for your loved ones. And there are 10 things that are included in this prayer that are, as we go along, I hope you will find to be very helpful, things that we need to be praying specifically for, not only for ourselves, as I said, but for our loved ones. Look at verse 3. When we pray, we always pray for you. You drop down to verse 9, and they reiterate that in a, in a way. It says, we haven't stopped praying for you. Do you have anyone that you know of that's daily praying for you because they've told you so? How encouraging that can be. A lady walked into the pastor's office, and she said, I'm going to have to resign From my responsibilities here at the church and the pastor had that deer in the headlight type look as he tried to figure out not only who is this lady but what does she do in the church and she continued she said the doctor has given me not long to live but i just wanted you to know that it has been my utmost joy to pray for you every single day i want to encourage you this morning to pray for the leadership of this church because there's nothing more important than you can do for Crosspoint than to do that. Pray for them. Has God always answered your prayers? I thought I'd kind of stick that one in there this morning. It's kind of a side note, but I'm probably looking at a group this morning that God's not always answered every one of your prayers. I, mean, I prayed for 30 I prayed for my wife of 32 years who had cancer that God would heal her, and he didn't. Or did he? Amen? (laughs) You know, God answers prayer in three ways yes, no, and sometimes it's just later. He doesn't always answer like we think he should. Or in the time that we think he should. Look at that phrase again always praying for you. I think there's an indication here that it tells us how long we should keep praying for something. Have you ever prayed for something or someone for quite some time? You think, I don't know whether to keep praying for this or not. Here's two things to remember keep praying till God answers the prayer or till he changes your heart. Those are pretty good indications of whether you should not keep praying for something specific. Perhaps you're here today and you're thinking, you know, I used to be able to do a whole lot more around the church than what I can do nowadays. I paint on the side as some of you probably know and uh, it had been a while since I picked up a 5-gallon bucket of paint and I'm leaving the paint store and I'm thinking, man, they're making these things a lot heavier than they used to. <laughs> I don't think that was it at all, do you? Uh, things keeps changing. Well, Some of the things we used to do, we can't do. Some of the things we used to do, we can't do quite as quick. Some of the things we used to do, we can't do quite as well. But you know what? May this be your encouragement today, kind sir, dear lady. There's something that you can do that will benefit this church more than anything else. And you already know what that is when we're talking about prayer today. And that is, as I've already mentioned, pray for the leadership of the church. There is nothing that it can do that's more important. What a privilege it is that we have to pray for other people. Intercessory prayer. Unless you've been there, you'll never be able to imagine what the leadership of a church really faces. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 28. He says, apart from these eternal trials, I face daily the pressures of the church. Another way to put that, in addition to the eternal external trials I face daily, the same trials that all of us face, I now, on top of all of that, f- face the pressures of the church. It's a spiritual battle. We are told that 90% of the pastors work 55 to 75 hours a week. And some of you are thinking, well, that's not that I nice work that much or more. I'm just telling you what the article said, Okay. It continued to tell us that a lot of pastors, 250 pastors quit every year. No, wait, that's every month. That's eight per day. And it went on to say that some of the reasons why is a lack of vision, low income, lack of motivation or drive, stress or burnout, not feeling appreciated. Isn't it nice to feel appreciated? What have you done today already to make somebody feel appreciated? Nothing? Well, get on with it, all right? Some are quitting because they just don't feel that they can be real. I mean, how do you share your situation, your problems, your fallacies with a group of people that you're supposed to be ministering to? Have you ever thought about that? That's tough. stress on the family is another one and on it goes now listen here's what we need to recognize this morning the enemy knows that if he can get to the leadership of a church that the whole church will suffer that's why we need to continue to pray for the leadership of our church look at verse 9 since the day we heard of your carrying on in the Lord, we continually pray. I got a laugh out of that this week, just to be honest with you. I don't know sometimes when you're reading this scripture, your mind kind of goes off, you know. And I remember what, that carrying on phrase there. I have a brother that's two years younger than I am, Bruce. He's not as good looking, but still, he's two years. <laughs> he's two years younger than I. And when we were kids, I mean, we would just have... A lot of fun. And my dad, and that's where I got the carrying on there, kind of came to mind. And I was remembered my dad would look at us and he said, You boys, stop your coming around. I can still hear him saying that today. The carrying on here is not referring to that kind of carrying on. Please understand. We could read it since the day we heard of your going on in the Lord. We continually pray for you. Now we finally have gotten to the prayer. And uh, it's a prayer that I think, as we go on this morning, you will agree that boy, this would be a great. I wish people would pray like that for me. Number one, the first thing, verse nine, that they might be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Now listen, I I know God's will for you this morning. You say you don't even know me, or at least not very well. But this part of it I do know. God's will for every single child of God is that we might be conformed to the image of Christ more and more every day. Amen? How are you doing with that? Be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Now, let me say this to you this morning. You're never going to know God's will for your life until you want to know it. That is a prerequisite. God doesn't force his will on anyone. You've got to want to know it. And we can know it. Have you ever heard someone say, or maybe you have said it, I've sought the Lord on a particular matter and I still didn't know which direction to go? I want to share with you some things that you can do to help you know God's will in your life. Number one, you need to get into the Word of God on a regular basis there is no substitute for that folks secondly you need to pray and you might add to that fasting the disciples couldn't cast out the demon and they came to jesus and said why can't we do it and he said well some things take prayer and fasting you remember and then there's a third one seek godly counsel the key word there godly there's a lot of counsel today that's not good seek godly counsel and then after that you simply have to make a decision and when you make the right decision this is good now you're always going to have peace if there is no peace it's the wrong decision and if you can correct it then you need to do so but here's one that I like just as good and somehow to us it doesn't seem as as spiritual but it, it please recognize that this is important and it's every day where we live someone has said A spirit-filled Christian and now that's the key we've got to be spirit-filled how are we spirit-filled we die daily to self and we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh and anew with the Holy Spirit all right so a spirit-filled Christian making spirit-filled decisions are within God's will for them Now, that's pretty simple, but you know what? I am afraid that we try to complicate the Christian life sometime. When a Spirit-filled person is walking around and they're making Spirit-filled decisions, that is God's will because they are now led by the Spirit of God to make the right decisions. I like uh, First John; it kind of lends towards this. First John five fourteen, and whatsoever you ask, now watch this. According to His will, He hears us, and we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. So it's when we're praying in spirit filled, we're praying within God's will, His will, and our will become one. We can pray and expect answers for our prayers. That's what First John five fourteen is saying. Now, the second thing that we're to be praying for for our loved ones is also found in verse 9. Look at it there. That they might receive spiritual wisdom and understanding. A lot of times we use those two words synonymously, but spiritual wisdom and understanding are a little different. Spiritual wisdom is knowing what to do next so that it goes along with knowing God's will. Spiritual wisdom is knowing what principle to apply in ev- any given context or situation. While understanding is, knowing, is the ability to translate the meaning from the facts. In other words, it's the ability to extract the meaning out of the information of, that's given to us. So when we're into God's Word, we're reading it, we're seeking His will, and we, uh, we see that and we understand and we know what to do next spiritual wisdom and understanding all that we might know that today that's what's needed it's important for us to know what we believe and why we believe it and a lot of christians don't really know that if you're basing or you're counting on growing in christ as god intended for you to do but you're not in the Word of God every day and you just come on Sunday morning to get what I call spoon-fed, not negating the importance of preaching, you are never going to grow as God intended for you to grow spiritually. We say we love someone. Tell your wife that you love her all the time but you don't want to spend any time with her and see what happens. Maybe she'd like that, I don't know but not with God. If we love him, we will spend time with him. (laughs) The third thing, verse 10, that they might walk in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. Simple fact. You cannot please the Lord if you don't spend time with him because you don't know what he wants. Okay? Spending time with him. Uh, If you'll take your bulletins, and on the inside, if you haven't got the study sheet out yet, I hope that you will do that because you'll see a little diagram there. You'll see a circle. And on that circle, you'll have a one, a two, and a three. And right in the middle, there is uh, two lines. And we're going to fill in that. And this this is what the Christian life is really all about. How do you get to know your friends? You spend time with them, don't you? Well, it's the same way with God. You're not going to get to know him better if you're not spending t- time with him. So number one is spend time. As we spend time with someone, what happens? The more we know them. That's number two. And when the more time we spend with someone, in most situations, the more we care or we love them. But always in a situation with God is we know him more, we love him more. Now notice that that circle doesn't stop there continues and there's an arrow on there meaning that it's a continual thing so right in the middle of that and what this represents is your spiritual growth spiritual growth goes right in the middle of that so you're never going to grow if you don't spend time with the father you'll never get to know him better you'll never love him more if you're not spending time with him now help me out this morning Which one of those do you think Satan knows if he can stop you doing it, you're never going to grow spiritually? Number one, number two, or number three? Sure, number one. He knows if he can keep you from spending time with God, if he can keep you from being in the word of God, that you're never going to grow. You'll never get to know God any better. You'll never get to love him anymore. You're just going to exist as a Christian and that's it number four the prayer is that they might bear fruit someone said people are like fruit trees some produce fruit while others don't that's interesting that's exactly what the word of god is saying here if you'll turn to john chapter 15 and keep your finger in colossians 1. john 15 verse 5 Jesus says, if you abide in me, you're going to bear fruit. Not just fruit, but what's the word there? You see it? Much fruit. What is the fruit that he's talking about? Well, again, let's not overcomplicate things. An apple tree produces apples. An orange tree produces oranges. A Christian must produce what? Other Christians. Look up here. Have you ever had the privilege of leading someone to Christ? There's nothing in this world that compares to that. And you can do that. Someone said to me not long ago, I have never been trained in witnessing. I understand that. And by the way, we're thinking about having a class here to help with that. But witnessing is simply one beggar telling another beggar where they found bread. And the moment you get saved, from that moment on, you can simply share with someone, with anyone, with everyone, what Jesus has done for you. Now, it's important to know some scripture down the road, but you can start with just sharing your story, sharing what Jesus did for you and if you will pray for the opportunity to share christ with someone i'm going to guarantee you that god will bring will open that door for you this week sometime because again remember god uses people god uses people and that's all of any of us but also i think that the fruit here can make reference to galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. As we, we pray that they might bear fruit, that Galatians 5.22, remember the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering or forbearance, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are the things that we can pray for ourselves as well as our loved ones, that that might be the fruit in our lives. What do you, you think is going to happen when people begin to see those things in our lives? Are they be able to see not us, but Christ? That's the whole idea. Look at the verse 4, abide or remain in me or you cannot bear much fruit. It's no secret why we're not exhibiting the fruit of Galatians 5. It's no secret why we're not winning others to Christ. We're not abiding in him because when we do abide in him, we can't help but tell other people about the goodness of Jesus and what he's done in our lives. It reminds me of a chorus we used to sing when I was young. Perhaps you're familiar with it. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me, all his wonderful passion and purity. O thou spirit divine, O my nature refine, till the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Refine, remove the impurities and the unwanted elements of my life, Lord, so that Jesus might shine clearly through me. I think this verse gives us a little inkling of an idea to why troubles come in our lives as well we see that in verse 2. he prunes the branches that produce fruit so that they will do what produce more fruit what do you think that branch could say this morning if we could hear it as the vine dresser prunes it ouch stop that what are you doing that for why do you have to cut so much but without the pruning there's not a greater harvest it's the same in your life and my life as christians pruning equals the hard times that you and i will face don't be surprised when they come It's part of the Christian life and they come to grow us up spiritually, to make us more like Christ. As you look back over your life, if you've been saved for any amount of time, you can probably see that the things you did not um, appreciate at a particular time were the things that helped you to grow the most. And then the Bible says, why do we go through the hard times? So that we can help other people when they go through them later on. That's one reason, to grow us and to help others. So can you thank him for the hard times? You know, we serve a God that's never, nor will he ever say, oh, man, I didn't see that coming. He knows it all. And there's nothing that enters into your life unless it it first filters through God's will for you nothing. And though we may not appreciate it at the time, though we may not know why it's happening, God always has a reason. God always has a purpose. Fifth thing that we're supposed to pray for, we see in verse 10, a life increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, let me ask you a question. Again, how are you going to grow in the knowledge of God If you're not spending time with him if you're not keeping the beak in the book you're not gonna I thought of another song well really two if I may one's called more of you you remember that one I've had it all but what I need is more of you of things I've had my fill and yet I hunger still empty and bare Lord hear my prayer for more of you the world offers us so much And all of it is counterfeit because there is no real joy and happiness and satisfaction outside of Jesus Christ. Amen? The other one is more about Jesus. You remember that one? More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me join me more more about jesus more more about jesus more of his saving fullness see more of his love who died for me always growing in the knowledge of God knowing him better every day that's God's will for you may I remind you it doesn't just happen and that's why I'm going to keep saying till I draw my last breath salvation is not the end please Don't settle for just knowing you're going to heaven and your sins are forgiven when God has so much more for you. Salvation is not the end. It's only the beginning. And the Christian life is what you make it. The Christian life is what I make it. Think about your best friend. Do you have a best friend? Blessed are those that have a best friend. Let me tell you about a best friend other than Jesus we lived in the dorm together for a year we traveled across the country for a year we sang on this platform one time Um, we played basketball together for the college we did everything together we had a bus route together we started a a church in frederick maryland we'd drive up our senior year from lynchburg to frederick about three or four hours every weekend to do a youth activity to go visiting on saturday to preach on sunday and then to go back to lynchburg we could be sitting in a group and somebody say something and our eyes connect and we knew what each other were thinking best friends are great to have aren't they because you know you can share anything with them and they're not gonna judge you. You can share anything with them and it's not gonna go any further. You know there's a friend that wants to be your best friend and his name is Jesus. And he'll be with you anywhere you go. And the great news this morning that I have for you is simply this. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords wants to spend time with you think about that and he will spend as much time with you as you want he'll be your best friend we cannot increase in our knowledge of god and we cannot know him better without let me use a word we I gave you two weeks ago without contemplating on him. Thinking on him, spending time with him, not a quick gaze, not a hit or miss type thing. Listen, you're never gonna have a consistent quiet time until you get serious enough with God to say, okay, this is where it's gonna be and this is when it's gonna be and meet with him every single day. Contemplating on Jesus, thinking on him, spending time with him, not a quick glance, not a quick look, but a gaze, studying him. And then, as a result of that, the second word we gave you was reflecting. As we contemplate on Jesus, remember, we are going to reflect him. You resemble Jesus as much today as you've chosen to. Every single one of us, that's true. And if I'm not more like him than I was a year ago, then something's wrong with my Christian life. If I don't resemble him more than I did a month ago, a week ago, because remember, it's an everyday experience. Not a a once-a-week experience when we come to church, but an everyday experience. What does God want to do in your life, through your life? life? How will you ever know that if you don't spend time with your best friend that you could ever have? You cannot increase in your knowledge of God without knowing him better. Here's some good news. Well, I've already given that to you. Your heavenly father desires to spend time with you and I just realized that you know I've had every one of these to put up on the board and I forgot to do it so oh well (laughs) number six the sixth thing that we're to pray for is strengthening with all power strengthening with all power now let that sink in strength he didn't say strengthening with power He said, strengthening you with what kind of power? All power. All power. That reminds me of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. Let's say it together. We know it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a great verse. But we misunderstand it. It does not give us the ability to do those things which we have no ability to do. I could say to you this morning, I'd like to have this pulpit move two feet over there. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it with one finger. All right? How many of you believe I can do that? Well, thanks a lot. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. (laughs) It doesn't say that we can do anything that we desire. Please understand that. Then what is Paul doing here? Paul is dealing with a spiritual attitude. This is important. Please understand this today. The key verse is in verse 11, and he's talking about contentment. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength is an overall attitude, number one, and he's talking about contentment, the ability to make do. He's speaking not of achievement. He's speaking of contentment. If you belong to Christ, God will enable you to bear any burden. Please understand that. That is different than a guarantee of limitless wealth. We hear a lot about that today. That is different from a guarantee of limitless wealth, wealth of limitless success as well as limitless strength. I can't do everything. It is an overall attitude. Listen to Paul. Paul had learned a timeless truth, and so must we, that served to anchor his wondering heart as the winds of his circumstances swirled around. It was a change, please notice, a change that took place within him. His suffering in Christ enabled him to have a strong heart of contentment in the best times as well as in the worst times. There's the contentment. I'm talking about, he was talking about doing your best and leaving the results to God. Aren't you glad this morning that God doesn't ever ask us to do any better than our best? And then you leave the results to him. Paul was saying, I can be brought low or I can abound. I can face plenty or hunger. I can know abundance or need with enduring contentment. Why? Because of the strength that I receive from the sufficiency of Jesus Christ who dwells in me. Amen? Again, we serve a God that's never said, I didn't see that coming. Everything that enters your life does so after it first filters through God's will for your life. You can trust Him. Verse 11 brings us to the seventh, and that's endurance. Paul likens the Christian life to a race. And he reminds us that it's not only the good start that's important, but it's the long haul and how we finish up that's just as important. And that demands great stamina, fortitude, forbearance, hanging in there in the unpleasant times and difficulties. It means not giving up, having a little PMA, positive mental attitude, or stick-to-itiveness. I love Colossians 1, verse 11. We could rephrase that to say, since his power is so glorious, may you be strengthened with strength of every kind and be prepared for cheerfully, notice that word, cheerfully enduring all things with patience and long suffering. It reminds me of Revelation chapter 2 and verse 3. I know you are enduring plenty, I know that excuse me I know that you are enduring patiently and are bearing up in my namesake and you hate or you have not fainted or become exhausted you have not grown weary that's God's goal for every one of us no matter what we face number eight verse 11 patience oh boy I prayed for patience once I thought I'd never do that again what is patience? The ability to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry. Ugh. It's perseverance, it's being even tempered. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 love is first what? Patience. Proverbs 15 8, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Revelation 12.12. 12. I love this one. Not Revelation. It's Romans 12.12. 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. If we could just take that with us today. Romans 12.12. 12. Be joyful in what? Patience in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. I'm reminded of the song, Why Worry When You Can Pray. Well, let's move on. Number nine, and there's only 10, so hang in there. All right, verse 11, we're to pray for joy. Have you ever thought, what does the world see in me when they look at me? Is there joy? I'm talking about joy in the tough times, too. Be able to smile because the smile comes from the inside out, given by the one that is our strength. Joy, the feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Joy or delight, exaltation, bliss, ecstasy. Someone challenged me. 45 years ago, to find something every day to laugh about. And I've done that. And you know what I've found? Some days it's pretty tough. Some days it's pretty tough. Laughter is good, Proverbs says, like a medicine. Joy. How can one be joyful? I mean in the tough times. When the bottom falls out, how can I be joyful? I just got a new car and this person totaled it. How can I be joyful when someone else got the raise that I was supposed to get, or I lost my job, or I got the big C word back from the doctor? How am I to be joyful during those times? Where does joy come from? It comes from spending time with Jesus. It comes from Him. Remember the fruit of the Spirit, love joy peace onward you know where joy is expressed most on your face so everybody smile now (laughs) you say I don't have anything to smile about this morning I understand that but we forget all of the blessings And we focus on the trouble and we allow the enemy to steal our joy don't let him do that joy is expressed foremost and mostly upon our faces i want to encourage you to laugh every day it'll do you good and not only will it do you good it'll do good to those that you love the most as well joy the inward attitude that leaks out that's my definition of joy this morning the inward attitude that leaks out verse 12 number 10 we end up with praying for thankfulness thankfulness simply being being glad being grateful to express gratitude being pleased or relieved. And I love this one. When you think of thankfulness, is being conscious of the benefits received. Now, don't let that pass you by too quick. Conscious of the benefits received. What benefits have you received as a child of God? Hmm redeemed i love to proclaim it redeemed by the blood of the lamb redeemed by his infinite mercy his child forever i am let's start there and look at all of those things that god has blessed you with we have so many things to be thankful for We could spend the rest of today when you stop to think about all of the things that we have to be thankful for amen those things that we daily take for granted that's what i wanted you to recognize this morning we should be the most thankful people upon the face of the earth we have so much i would go on record to say this morning that the still the best cure for depression Is thankfulness if you have a tendency to get down and that's easy for a lot of us to do in on when there's so many rainy days Hmm? Say, man I'm ready for some sunshine I understand that and we can be depressed just because of that but whatever you get depressed sometimes it's a time of year when something terrible has happened and you're reminded of that whatever it is sometimes we just feel depressed and we don't know why at those times please remember to start thanking God for all that he's done for you and all of the things that you have. And that's a lot of stuff, a lot of things. I'm redeemed. I have new life. I have the person of the Godhead living in me. I don't have to go it alone. He's there to help me all of the time. And all of the promises that lie within the word of God what an encouragement joy is being conscious of the benefits that you have already received in christ jesus no one said it i hope we're all on the same page here i'm just thankful to be an american to live in a country such as this and we've got a lot of problems but it's still the best thing going amen I mean, that's why thousands of people are leaving their country and trying to get to ours. Thankful for our church. Let me just say this. Andrew's here. is here. The family's here. And as I shared a couple weeks ago, it is not his job to build this church. It's yours and mine. But I believe that God has the greatest days yet ahead for Cross Point Church. Amen? And again may i remind you that we are going to be as strong as our weakest link let's look at that list again as we finish up this morning real quick here's how we're to pray for not only ourselves but those that we love that they might know god's will that they might have spiritual wisdom and understanding that they might lead a life that is pleasing to the lord but that's a great one to play for our children and grandchildren all of this is really that they might bear fruit that it might exhibit fruit, that they might increase in the knowledge of God on a regular basis and be strengthened in all power, endurance, patience, joy, and then last of all. And I think there's a reason why he left with this one to the end, just as a great reminder. Above all, be thankful. Be thankful. Thank you, Father, for your word Thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity of intercessory prayer, that we can pray these 10 things that we see here in Colossians chapter 1 for our loved ones and our family and our friends in our church. Help us to be faithful in doing such. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.